witches. Witches have been around in history for a long time. If you look closely, a witch appears in the Bible in the story of King Solomon when he consults the witch of Endor. They also appear in Greek mythology such as Circe, the Enchantress, who was a type of witch. But it wasn't until the early Renaissance that our modern perception of the witch was truly formed. Welcome to Monster House, the podcast where we talk about movie monsters from horror to sci-fi. Today's subject will be on witches. In the spirit of the Halloween season, I've decided to talk about witches. Witches and Halloween, as we all know, have been associated together for a long time. And they've also appeared in a great number of horror films. There's a lot of history and lore surrounding witches, but one of the most known comes from the Celts, who believe that Halloween was the night that the veil between the spirit realm and the living was at its thinnest, allowing spirits and other supernatural beings to come cause mischief or harm. After the Romans took over and began converting the Celts into Catholics, the two belief systems merged. The church turned witches, those that the ancient people looked to for wisdom and medicine, into evil-worshipping hags. They believed that witches could turn into cats, thus the cat connection, and other animals such as bats and spiders, who are known as familiars. It wasn't until the 1400s that the witch hysteria spread across Europe. More than 100,000 were accused of witches and over 50,000 were executed either by hanging or burned at the stake. Later, America's witch scare in the late 1600s, which became known as the Salem Witch Trials, largely brought an end to the mass hysteria and the killing of accused witches. In the aftermath, the autumn festivals included the telling of ghost stories and other creepy traditions. Later, America's witch scare in the late 1600s, which became known as the Salem Witch Trials, largely brought an end to the mass hysteria and the killing of accused witches. In the aftermath, the autumn festivals included the telling of ghost stories and other creepy traditions. The influx of Irish immigrants that came to America planted the roots to the tradition that we now know as Halloween. The, the tradition of Irish and English customs, such as jack-o'-lanterns, costumes, going toward the door, led to the current Halloween holiday. At the time, many young women believed that Halloween was the best day for divination and would often seek out fortune-tellers to find out the names of their future husbands. This mashup of traditions and beliefs led to witches becoming a symbol of a holiday celebrating the macabre. Throughout the years, literature has influenced the mythology of witches, starting with the Malleus Maleficarum from 1487 to the Wayward Sisters from Shakespeare's Macbeth in 1611, all the way up to the fairy tale witches 
from the Grimm's fairy tales from 1812. With time, the witches would make their transition from literature to film. The earliest film, if not the first, is the Swedish-Danish silent film from 1922 called Haxen. It is part documentary, part drama, that retells the history of the witch hunt throughout the ages. It carries itself with some fictional and horror elements, but it is considered an exploitation film of its time. Throughout film, witches have been depicted in many ways and forms. One notable form came in 1937 as a cartoon witch in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Many credit this evil witch's looks to have set the standard of future witches' looks and disguise. Two years later, in 1939, we got two different versions of witches in the memorable film, The Wizard of Oz. In this film, we are met with the Wicked Witch of the West. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> and also greeted by Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, who helps Dorothy find her way home. I'm Glinda, the Witch of the North. I'm a little muddled. The munchkins call me because a new witch has just dropped a house on the Wicked Witch of the East. And there's the house. And here you are. And that's all that's left of the Wicked Witch of the East. And so what the munchkins want to know is are you a good witch or a bad witch? Through the 40s and 50s, witches are mainly depicted as comedic, such as I Married a Witch from 1942, or sort of romantic, such as Bell, Book, and Candle in 1958. Witches were depicted in horror films but only in minor roles and usually to set the mood or pace of the movie, like cursing the main characters or warning them of danger ahead. They were also used in a way to explain the evil things happening in the film. It wasn't until the 1960s that filmmakers started making serious films about witches. One notable movie is from 1960 titled City of the Dead or Horror Hotel. City of the Dead stars Christopher Lee as Alan Driscoll, Venetia Stevenson as Nan Barlow, Patricia Jessel as Elizabeth Selwyn or Ms. Newells, Dennis Lotus as Richard Barlow, Betta St. John, Patricia Russell, Tom Naylor as Bill Maitland, Valentine Dio as Jethro Keane, and Anne Beach as Lottie. The movie starts in 1692 in Whitewood, Massachusetts, where a witch named Elizabeth Selwyn is being burned at the stake by a mob of angry villagers. Before her death, Suellen and her accomplice Jethro Keane sell their souls to Lucifer for eternal life and revenge on the village. I have made my pact with the Lucifer. Hear me! Hear me! I will do thy duty for all eternity. For all eternity shall I practice the ritual of Black Mass. For all eternity shall I sacrifice unto thee. I give thee my soul. 
take me to thy service. Always, listen to my servant. Grant her this pact for all eternity, and I with her. And if we fail thee but once, you may do with our souls what you will. In present day, Professor Driscoll is giving a lecture on this incident. Student Nan Barlow discusses her interest in witchcraft with the professor and describes her desire to delve deeper into the history of witchcraft. Professor Driscoll presents the idea that she should visit Whitewood during her vacation. Against wishes of Bill, her boyfriend, and Richard, her brother, who both have discredited witchcraft as pure fantasy, Nan decides to go to Whitewood. Along the way, Nan picks up a mysterious hitchhiker who calls himself Jethro. Upon arriving to the town, Jethro disappears like in thin air, almost. Nan checks in into the Raven's Inn. The inn is owned by a mysterious Mrs. Newless. Nan settles into her room and later decides to take a walk around the village. Instantly, she feels out of place among the locals. She is able to meet Patricia Russell, a normal-seeming local. They begin to talk, and Nan reveals her intentions of studying witchcraft history from the village. Patricia loans her a book about witchcraft. Back at her room, Nan is reading the book and learns that tonight is Candlemas Eve. Throughout the night, she hears noises and discovers a basement hatch. Nan brings this to the attention of Ms. Newless, who declares she hears nothing and assures her that the hatch leads nowhere, which is why there is no way to pull it open. Nan continues to hear the noises and figures out a way to pull the hatch open. Nan discovers that there is a basement and proceeds to follow the path, which leads her to a satanic altar. Here she is restrained by Mrs. Newless and members of the coven. Mrs. Newless reveals herself to be Elizabeth Selwyn and proceeds to sacrifice Nan. Two weeks later, Bill and Richard grow concerned about Nan, whom they haven't heard of. They decide to call the Whitewood to get connected to the Raven's Inn, only to discover that it doesn't exist in any directory. Richard pays a visit to Professor Driscoll to gain information on Whitewood, but is only able to get directions to Whitewood. Patricia also visits the professor to obtain the address to Nan's family. The professor reluctantly gives her the address. Patricia is able to meet with Richard and explains the weirdness of Nan's disappearance. Patricia leaves after her visit and Richard leaves to Whitewood the next day with Bill following behind. Along the way, Bill sees an apparition of Selwyn and suffers a severe car crash. When Richard arrives at Whitewood, he checks in at the Raven's Inn and meets Mrs. Newless. He inquires about his sister and her disappearance, but Ms. Newless only tells him that Nan was a likable young woman and that no one had any ill will towards her. Mrs. Newless, you told the police that my sister checked out. You are mistaken, Mr. Barlow. I told them that on the morning of February 2nd, I went to her room and found it empty, her bed not slept in, her luggage and car gone, and her bill unpaid. Well, you can put the charges on mine. When was the last time you saw her? On the evening of February 1st. Your sister kept very much to herself. You know why she came to Whitewood? 
It is not my habit to inquire into people's private business. Well, would the fact that she was she was investigating witchcraft have antagonized anyone in the village? Hardly. There have been other students here, you know. Besides, your sister was a very agreeable and likable young woman. Richard then visits Patricia, who shows him the book she loaned to Nan. While Richard looks through the book, Patricia fetches her grandfather, Reverend Russell. The Reverend reveals that Whitewood is under the control of Selwyn's coven. Later that night, Patricia is kidnapped as a coven sacrifice, but not before alerting Richard. Richard tries to save her, but is cornered in a graveyard. Here he discovers a tombstone that says, Here lies Alan Driscoll. Then, Professor Alan Driscoll appears, revealing himself to be part of the coven. A severely injured Bill arrives at the last minute and pulls a large wooden cross from the ground. Selwyn manages to wound Bill, but with his last bit of strength, he waves the cross around and burns the coven members alive under the cross's shadow. Selwyn escapes during the chaos. Her pact with the devil being undone by the intervention, Patricia and Richard find her charred corpse in the hotel, which is revealed to have been built on the site of her burning. The film was directed by John Llewellyn Moxie, marking his directorial debut. The movie was produced in the United Kingdom, but set in America. The British actors were required to act and speak with a North American accent. The script was originally written by George Baxt as a pilot for a television series that would star Boris Karloff. But producer Milton Subotsky rewrote the script to be made into a movie. Financing was obtained from TV producer Hannah Weinstein, along with money from the Nottingham Forest Football Club. Production began October 12, 1959 at Shepperton Studios with a budget of £45,000, roughly $62,000. The film was produced by Vulcan Productions, and although it was produced by Sabotsky and Max Rosenberg, it has been considered the first of their Amicus productions. The City of the Dead was released in September 1960 in the UK, and it was a box office disappointment. It did make a small profit, but not what was expected. The film wasn't released in the U.S. until 1961 under the new title, Horror Hotel. The City of the Dead has gained a small cult following, most notably from rock bands. Heavy metal band Iron Maiden used scenes from the film in the music video for their song, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. King Diamond and punk band UFX also used clips from the movie. Rob Zombie used Christopher Lee's opening words to preface his track, Dragula. The punk, the punk band Misfits wrote a song called Horror Hotel. In 2017, heavy metal band In This Moment also used the opening lines by Christopher Lee in their song Witching Hour for their album Ritual. After the 60s, witches continued to be portrayed in many forms. The most memorable was Samantha from Bewitched. In the 1990s, the film adaptation of Roald Dahl's book, The Witches, gave new light to witches. Three years later, we were presented with a very curious trio, the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus, who are still very loved today. Winnie! Winnie! Ah, sisters prepare thyself! Tis a life! 
boss. The potion works. Take my hands. We will share her. Oh, Winnie, how generous of thee. <laughs> In the late 90s, early 2000s, we witnessed a flock of new witches and wizards in a completely new and different world. The most notable of these witches was Hermione Granger from the Harry Potter series. Stop, stop, stop. You're going to take someone's eye out. Besides, you're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Throughout the 2000s, witches became popular and were portrayed in yet many new forms. There have been icy witches, good, bad, evil, old, cursing, horrific, comedic, thrilling, and dramatic. The most recent popular witch comes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Scarlet Witch, who has gained ground, especially now since she recently discovered her new super witch powers. Fans of the Scarlet Witch are now anticipating what she will bring to the table in the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> There you have it, our beloved witches hidden in a dark cabin or a cave, stewing something evil in the cauldron, ready to give a potion or a curse or a spell, just waiting to be called upon, waiting to appear when you least expect it. Hey, thanks for sticking around and listening to another episode of Monster House. Hope you liked this episode and tune in next week for another episode. And remember guys, we have Instagram. Look for Monster House 500 on Instagram. And we also have TikTok with the same name. There's no videos posted yet, but some awesome videos with some cool clips will be coming soon. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye.